this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me to 1 John. We just have a couple of more weeks, well, a few more weeks, let me say. We'll finish 1 John here in the month of March, and uh, then we'll be moving our sights toward Easter. So, as you turn to 1 John chapter 4 this morning, I have a question for you. How many of you... Uh, these days, in the time that we live, uh, are trusting enough, are believing enough, some might would say gullible enough, to turn on the news, whatever news channel it is that you like the most, to turn on the news or to pick up a newspaper or to watch a uh, presidential debate or something of that nature, and to just 100% believe everything that everyone says without being skeptical about it at all. Anyone here? Okay, if so, you need to see me afterward. Um, we don't, do we? We don't. We, we, we fact check and we skeptically think. We think about who this is coming from and we think about why, what might be their motivation for saying what they're saying. Right? We, we test people on the things that we hear them say. Well, this morning what we're going to see is, is somewhat an application of that into the spiritual realm. We this morning are going to be admonished to test spirits. And so this morning we're going to see what does that mean? What does it mean? First of all, what does John even mean when he says spirits with an S, plural spirits? What is he talking about? We're going to see why that could be an issue. We're going to see that we're supposed to test spirits. We're going to see how to test spirits. And then ultimately in the end we're also going to be reminded why all of these things that sound very scary aren't really that big of an issue for Christians, these spirits that we're talking about. So look with me in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read verse 1 as our introductory text for today. John said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, so John here... Kind of follows up from last week. Last week he finished by talking about the Holy Spirit and telling us how the Holy Spirit would, uh, would be this somewhat of a seal that shows for certain that we belong to God, that we have been abiding in God, that we are Christians. And it's almost like he follows that up and says, hey, speaking of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something else that you need to make sure that you know. You need to know that you can't believe every spirit. And now when we hear that, the first thing I know that comes to a lot of people's minds when we talk about spirits and there being many sp spirits in the world might be the idea of, of like the ghost of somebody that has passed on. The ghost of one of your loved ones and that, that being an idea that we have of spirit. I don't believe in any way that that's what John's talking about here. I don't see any evidence for that. It'll be clear what he does mean by spirits in just a little bit, but I just wanted to make note of that because I know that's a question that some of you might have. I don't believe in any way that that's what's being talked about here in the New Testament with this idea of spirit. So what exactly is he talking about when he says spirit? We know the Holy Spirit. We are familiar with the Holy Spirit. I pray that we are all this morning indwelled by the Holy Spirit, that the, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you as a Christian. But... Here, John's telling us that the Holy Spirit isn't the only spirit that there is. Now, in Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews refers to angels that are doing God's work as ministering spirits. The same word for spirits. So we see that, that there's the Holy Spirit who is ultimately 
part of the Trinity. This is God in spirit form. But then there are good spirits. The angels are referred to as spirits doing the work of God. But then we see that there are also spirits that we cannot trust. As he says here, do not believe every spirit. And I would pray that we could believe any angels that come from God, uh, carrying message from God or teaching things about God. So what else is there? What other kind of spirits are there? Well, I think a story and a scriptural teaching that really helps us grasp this is the story of the man at the tombs. If any of y'all remember, there was a demon-possessed man uh, at the tombs, and, and whenever Jesus had come across with his disciples and they got out of the boat, there was this man, and he was possessed by demons, and, and he was given some supernatural abilities. It said that no one could bind this man. They couldn't even bind him with chains, that they would, they would shackle him with chains, and that he was able to break the chains. And so this man is possessed by demons, and he's given this special ability. And you don't have to turn there, but in Mark chapter 5, I want to read to you the back and forth between a demon inside of this man and Jesus. So in Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 5, it says, Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now we're not going to go through this entire text, but a couple of things that I want to point out here. Whenever Jesus is speaking to this demon that is inside of this man, whenever he's talking to this demon in verse 8, when Jesus tells this demon to come out of the man, he doesn't say, come out of the man, you demon. He says, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Same word, spirit, that's used by John in 1 John chapter 4. So this demon, we see here Jesus referring, and this isn't the only instance in the New Testament, several times in the New Testament, demons are referred to as spirits, evil spirits, or unclean spirits, things of that nature. But they're referred to as spirits. And so we see here that a demon... An angel could be called a spirit by the writer of Hebrews. We see that a fallen angel or a demon could be referred to as a spirit, even by Jesus himself. And then another point of emphasis in verse 9 of Mark chapter 5. When Jesus said to the demon, to the unclean spirit, what is your name? His reply was, my name is Legion, for we are many. So we see that there were many unclean spirits. Now, exactly how many, I don't know. I know that in the Roman army, a legion was comprised of about 5,000 men. Were there 5,000 demons inside of this man? I don't know. He referred, they referred to themselves as legion. But we do see this. There were many demons inside of this man. Jesus referred to them as unclean spirits. And so we see something that we can specifically use and apply here in 1 John chapter 4 is that when John warns us not to believe every spirit, but to test the spirits to see if they're from God, 
we see that he could specifically be teaching us that there are demons, that there is demonic activity, and so we have to be careful about who it is that we listen to. I believe that this is what John is referring to, is the works of evil. Demons that are following Satan and not following Christ, not following the teaching, not following the things that God would call us to do, trying to trick people into doing things that they shouldn't do. So point one here, there is only one Holy Spirit, right? Now, we're not saying that the Holy Spirit is made. There is one Holy Spirit, but there are many little s spirits. We always capitalize s and Holy Spirit. In Scripture, if you see the Spirit, it doesn't say Holy Spirit, but it says the Spirit and it's capitalized. We know that it's talking about the Holy Spirit. But there are many spirits, which could be angels, which could be demons. And here we're being warned about some of them, not to trust them. Now, another thing that you might think is, Brother Zach, I've never in in any way that I recognize, encountered a demon before. You may have heard stories of people talking about encountering a demon. I've heard some of those stories. I don't have one on my own, but I've heard people talk about them. So you say, Brother Zach, I've never encountered a demon in, in a physical presence that it walked up and talked to me. And so if I'm not seeing angels... And I'm not seeing demons or fallen angels. I'm not seeing these ministering spirits or I'm not physically seeing these demonic spirits. Then, then how, how is this teaching useful that I'm not supposed to believe every one of them? I'm not even seeing them. I'm not even hearing from them. So how in the world would I believe them? Well, I believe that John makes that clear for us here in verse 1 as well because he equates these spirits with something. Look back in verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, John, he, he talks thematically about several things in this book of 1 John. And one that we've already seen in chapter 2 that he's revisiting here is the idea of false teachers. False teachers or false prophets. People that are teaching things that are contrary to what the Bible says. So here, he's specifically showing us that the motivation of false prophets are demons. These demons are leading people to teach things that are not true. So you may not have encountered a demon in a physical way... But if you have ever encountered a false teacher, if you have encountered somebody that called themselves Christian but taught unchristian doctrine, if you have met someone of another religion that claims that Jesus is not the Son of God, that Jesus is not the Christ, that Jesus is not the Messiah, then it's very likely that that person that you met was being led or motivated or lied to by evil spirits. I know this sounds way out there. If you've never been in church before, you picked a day to come this morning. But we know that this is true. We see the evidence of it throughout the Gospels. We see the work of the demons. We see the things they did. We see it throughout Acts. John is here warning us, reminding us that this is something that we have to be careful to watch out for. There are false teachers. Those false teachers are often being motivated and led and lied to by demons and they are then trying to trick other people as well. So he tells us to watch out for them. He tells us to be careful 
about them. Now, this isn't anything new. You can see this all throughout. In the Old Testament, they gave specific tests. This is what you can do to know if a prophet is a true prophet of God or a false prophet. Prophets of Baal or prophets of Asher or things of that nature. We see Jesus teaching in Matthew chapter 7. He's teaching about the end of time and the day of judgment. He says that on the day of judgment, that there will be many people that prophesied in Jesus' name. There will be many people that cast out demons in Jesus' name. There will be many people that did mighty works in Jesus' name that Jesus will then refer to as workers of lawlessness, that he will say, I never knew you, and that will be sent away from him to an eternity in hell. So, just because you meet someone who seems to be very religious, just because you meet someone who uses Christian lingo, just because you meet someone who could do miraculous things in Jesus' name, does not necessarily mean that you need to trust and follow that person. What John here is giving us is he's giving us a teaching about who it is that we need to follow, and then he's going to tell us specifically how we can test them. It's not about how big their congregation is. It's not, how, it's not what tells you how sound a teacher is or the spirit that's motivating that teacher. It's not about uh, the power that they have. Some of you think, well, Brother Zach, how could somebody, how could somebody cast out a demon if, if they don't have the Holy Spirit inside them? How could someone do miracles if they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside them. Well, come join us Wednesday night. That's what we're going to be talking about this Wednesday night. How it is uh, that people that do not belong to Christ could do miraculous things. But for this morning, it's a little bit outside of the scope of what we're looking at. What I want you to recognize, brothers and sisters, this morning, is that there are people that are going to appear to be normal people in your life. Coworkers, friends, we saw in chapter 2, sometimes church members, possibly even pastors or leaders, they're going to be people that appear to be normal, that appear to be very spiritual, that appear to be very religious, that may actually be lying, that may be being led by demons that are there to trick you into doing things or believing things that are not true. So with that established, we know that unclean spirits are real. You can call it an unclean spirit, you can call it a demon, you can call it whichever you want to. We know that they're real. We see that in the scripture. We know that they are trying to lead people to do things that they should not do. And so what do we do about that? Well, in verse 1, he told us, test the spirits. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And so the idea of test the spirits is literally, I like to say it this way, just because it sounds cool to me. It's bringing them to the proving ground, right? You, it, it's the same idea the psalmist used in Psalm 139 when he says, Search me, O God, right? Search me and know what's in me. That's the same idea here of testing. It's the same, the same word that's used that, for what we're supposed to do as a church before we allow someone to serve as a deacon, that we're told that they should be tested. We should literally test people that we are going to follow. If you have a teacher that you're going to follow, a Sunday school teacher or a pastor, if you have someone that's a co-worker who would like to be in a discipling relationship with you, that you think of them as pretty spiritual and they want to lead you and teach you some things, John says here, before you believe that person, you need to test that person. Now, we've already admitted that we do this. You read the newspaper 
And somebody says this about the coronavirus, and you immediately look up that person's background to see if you can trust that person or not. Or they just have a political agenda, or is this a doctor, someone I can trust, right? We do this all the time. We should be doing it in religious affiliation as well. Before you listen to a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor on the radio or whoever it is, you need to test them. You need to look and see whether or not you can believe them. Point two, simply that we must test spirits, I added, and teachers. We must test spirits and teachers because we're all motivated by some sort of spirit. Either the Holy Spirit or very possibly an unclean spirit. So how do we do that? How do we test them? Look with me in verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So here we see the test. It seems like a very simple test. It seems like a very short test. But what John gives us is exactly how we can test someone. How could you, if you left here and moved from here and went to a new church, how could you test your Sunday school teacher? How could you test your pastor? If you're ever on a search committee, what is something that you need to do to test a man before you would bring him before Mount Zion Baptist Church? What is it? We need to test what it is that they confess about Jesus Christ. That's exactly what John lays out here. He says, don't, don't look at how big their following is. Don't look at necessarily how long they've been in ministry. Don't look at how they dress. Don't look at any of those things. What you need to do is look and see what they confess about Jesus Christ. What do they say about Jesus Christ? And that's going to tell you whether they're being motivated by the Holy Spirit or an unclean spirit. Because in the end, the Holy Spirit has come into the world to make much of Jesus, to lead us into all truth about Jesus, to remind us of the things that Jesus taught when he was here. So the Holy Spirit, if somebody is led by the Holy Spirit, if a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, or a co-worker that wants to disciple you has the Holy Spirit inside of them, they're going to make much of Jesus. They're going to have a high view of Jesus Christ. They wouldn't be able to do otherwise. They're indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. They know who Jesus is. And so they're going to confess, verse 2, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. Now, there's a lot in that sentence. I remind you, as I try to often, that Christ is not Jesus' last name. And whenever it says Jesus Christ, that means Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Chosen One, Jesus, the Anointed One, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Savior. So if someone confesses, That Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the promised chosen one that's come to save people from their sins. If they confess that, and that he has come in the flesh, that he really came and lived a life as a human here on earth, if they believe that, then you know that they're being led and motivated by the Holy Spirit. You can trust that person. They have the whole, now I'm not saying that they're not going to make mistakes. I'm not going to say that everything that they say is correct. You still need to make sure that everything they teach is backed up with Scripture. The same for me. Everything that I ever teach you, 
Make sure that it lines up with Scripture. Don't ever blindly listen to things that I say. But you don't have to. I'll just use myself as an example this morning as a pastor. You don't have to continually wonder if I'm being led and, and shown what to teach by the Holy Spirit or by an evil spirit. Because I'll tell you right now, there is no one higher than Jesus Christ. There is no one greater than Jesus Christ. He is the one that all of the scriptures are teaching about. From the very beginning of Genesis all the way through the end, it's teaching us about Jesus. It's telling us how amazing Jesus is. He's the one that left heaven and came to earth and died to offer forgiveness of sins. That's Jesus. If somebody confesses that, then you know that you can trust them. You know that they are being led by the Holy Spirit. Now this word... The word for confess here is a very strong word. It's a very specific word. The word for confess, I was going to tell you the Greek word, but I'm not going to. But it has the idea of something that is, is homologous, homo. If you know that prefix, it means the same, right? If your milk is homogenous, then your milk is the same all the way through. It's not the cream at the top and then the watery stuff at the bottom. It's the same all the way throughout. And so what he says here, if they confess, he says, if what their life says is the same as what the Scriptures say, then you know they have the Holy Spirit. You know the Spirit in them is from God. So if someone agrees with, not just in word, but in life. If their life and their doctrine and their teaching agrees with what the Scriptures say about Jesus, you can trust them. You know that they're being motivated and led by the Holy Spirit. But he also gives us the flip side in verse 3. Every spirit that does not confess, so right, not homo, it's not homo, it's not the same. What they say, what they live, the way they act, what they teach, what they believe is different from what the scriptures teach about Jesus, he says, is not from God. And so then he goes on, you know, John, he speaks this way often. It's here or there. There's no in-between. He says, either you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit and you are being led by the Holy Spirit and you are going to confess that Jesus is everything the Bible says he is, or if you differ in any way from what the Bible says about Jesus, the spirit of the Antichrist is the spirit that's inside of you. And that makes us say, man, that's really a fine line there. Anybody that doesn't believe everything the Bible says about Jesus, they believe 99% of it, but they don't believe all of it, then John says they're of the Antichrist. The spirit inside of them is demonic, and it is against the teachings of Christ. But it's the truth. We have to understand it. We have to believe that. So point three, test the spirits by what they confess about Jesus. That's how you test them. Again, I don't want us to look at all the other things. I don't want to know church membership. You know, I don't want to know uh, what they have done in the past. I don't want to know how many followers they have. I don't want to know what school they went to. I want to know what they say about Jesus. Tell me what they say about Jesus, and then we can move on to all the rest of that. But that's the proving ground right there. You want to know who's being motivated by the Holy Spirit and who's being motivated by demons? Ask them what they believe about Jesus. Because even demons know that he exists. We see that man, the, the legion of demons, falling down, adjuring Christ because they know he's the Son of God. Right? It says that, that even the demons know that God is one and they tremble. But they're not calling him Lord. They're not calling him Messiah. They're not calling him the anointed one. They're not calling him Christ. 
So then verses 4 through 6, these are really good. If any of you this morning are a little bit rattled because you're thinking about demons possessing people, right? And you're like, brother, that's really weird. I'm a little bit scared about that. And you're thinking about there, there are people everywhere that are being motivated by demons. Look, this can completely change our worldview when we recognize this because we want to think of everyone as good, but now all of a sudden we realize that there are a lot of people in the world, probably a lot of people that you know that are being motivated and led and taught, whether they recognize it or not, by demons. I'm not saying that they all have written agreements with demons, but they're being lied to and they're believing the lies of these demons. And so now all of a sudden you're, you're a little bit rattled and you're a little bit worried and this seems a little bit scary and a little bit overwhelming. Well, I think John recognized that it was going to sound that way. So listen to verses 4 through 6. He refers to them in a very gentle way, little children. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I love that verse 4. Little children, listen, I understand, I know you're worried. Listen to me, little children. This sounds scary. Demons are real. Demons are crafty. We've seen the work of Satan in the past. We've seen how crafty he can be. We see him in the garden, right? We see Satan, we see that he can be very cunning. He's had a lot of years of practice at what he's doing. We see that they can be strong, right? They can give a man the strength that he could break any sort of chain that you would try to bind him with. So demons seem very scary to us. They're strange. We can't see them. They're trying to lie to us. They're trying to teach us wrong things. But we have over. Come them. Those of us that are in Christ, those of us that have faith in Jesus Christ and a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, what you need to recognize is that you're stronger than now. You are stronger than any of them. The Holy Spirit that's inside of you gives you strength beyond anything that they have. It says that, that He that is in us, the Holy Spirit, that Spirit, the only Spirit that gets a capital S, He that's in us is stronger than any of them, including Satan that, leaves, that leads them. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So you don't have to worry about being possessed by a demon. Make that clear. You're here this morning and you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. There's no room for a demon to come inside of you. Right? He's the strongest man. The Holy Spirit's the teaching that we see in Scripture. He's the strongest man, and no other strong man's coming to take his house. Nobody else is coming in on him. He's guarding you. He's protecting you. So you don't have to worry about being possessed by a demon. You don't have to worry about being made to do something against your will by a demon. But you do have to be alert to not be tricked by a demon or by a person that's being led by a demon. You have to know the truth so that you won't believe their lies. Right? You have to be, be aware that they're real so that you don't just gullibly believe and, and follow everything that they tell you to. A demon cannot make you sin now that you're a Christian. Right? We're no longer slaves to sin. We are stronger than that because of Jesus, because of his victory, because of his death on the cross and resurrection. We're stronger than that, but a demon can still tempt you to sin. Present you with things that you could choose to do. You have to make the choice not to do that. Christ gives you the power to do that. 
but you still have to do that. Point four, the Spirit of God is greater than any and all evil spirits. So recognize that. Are they real? Yes. Do they seem scary? Yes. Are they stronger than you on your own? Yes. Even Seth. Even stronger than him on his own. Are they smarter than you? Yes. Even Don Presley. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, they're not stronger than you, and they're not smarter than you, and they have no sway over you except what you give them. So this morning, don't be worried about them. Just be aware of them. This morning, I pray that, I pray that you have been called to be diligent. That we need to be diligent. We, we, we filter everything that we listen to, every person that we listen to, sometimes except when it comes to religious teaching. Man, if I turn on the radio and there's a preacher preaching, well, he's a preacher. And they've put him on the radio, so surely I should be able to believe everything he says. That's not true. You go to a church, you're on vacation, you go visit a church somewhere, and you sit, you sit down in a Sunday school class, and you say, well, this is a really big church, and they have chosen this man to be the Sunday school teacher, so surely I can believe him. That's not true. No, what I need to know is what this person confesses about Jesus Christ. We need to be diligent. We need to filter who we're listening to. We need to make sure that they believe what the Bible says about Jesus and about everything else as well. So brothers and sisters, I don't know this morning if you're here and maybe you are pretty worried about demons. And if you're here this morning and you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, you should be. You absolutely should be. Because they have sway over you and they have pull over you and they are stronger than you because you don't have the Holy Spirit to give you the strength that you need to overcome them. So this morning, maybe you're here and you don't have Christ, and this is just another reminder, another reason that you that we see that we have to have Christ. We're not strong enough on our own. We're not smart enough on our own. We're not perfect enough on our own. We're not going to heaven on our own. We're not going to live a joyful life here on earth without Christ. You have to have Christ. And this morning, if you're here and you feel that, that you know that you need to give your life to Christ, pray that you'd be willing to do that. I would love to talk to you about that. What does that look like? How do you do that? I'd love to talk to you about confessing faith in Jesus Christ. You accepting and believing everything that the Bible says about Jesus. I'd love to talk to you about that this morning. But also, if you're here this morning, you are a Christian. And you know you haven't been diligent. I pray that you'd be more diligent. And if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, we also need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. Because if it weren't for Christ, you know what we would all be doing? We'd all be shaking in our boots this morning. Somebody tells me how strong and how smart and how cunning and how crafty demons are, and they say, and you have nothing, there's nothing you can do to stop them? I'd be scared this morning. I'm here, and I tell you that the demons have tempted you to sin, and you have followed that temptation, and so now you're going to go to hell forever? I'd be worried this morning. But because of Jesus Christ, and only because of Jesus Christ, those things aren't true of us that are Christians this morning. We don't have to worry about demons. That's good, amen? You don't have to worry about hell. That's good. Amen. You don't have to do the things you used to do. That's good. Amen. That's good. Y'all smile when you say it. So I'm going to invite you to stand. And Brother Shane's going to come and...
He's going to lead us this morning in a, a hymn of invitation. And man, you can joyfully respond if you're a Christian this morning. You can be excited as you sing. You can pray and tell the Lord, thank you. If you're here and you have questions, you need to repent, you can do that. I would love to pray with you. I'm going to ask this morning that you would respond how it is that the Lord has shown you would be fit this morning as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation. Calling clearly, follow me. No one else could ever promise life eternal or so free. All to thee I give my all to thee. All to shall ever be my all to thee no one worthy of salvation Jesus sought me for his own on the cross he died to save me now I long to make him known all to Thee, I give my all to Thee, all to Thee, Thine only will I be. All to Thee, O Christ of Calvary, my prayer shall ever be, my all to Just a few announcements this morning. Um, there will be a Wednesday night meal this Wednesday, and you can sign up in the back. Uh, they'll be having smoked chicken, baked potato, and butter bean casserole. So if you're interested in that, please sign up. Um, also, tonight we will start um, our choir practice to get ready for our Easter cantata. Um, if you can't be here tonight, um, see me this morning, and I'll get you a CD. Um, tonight we'll be getting our CDs and just listening to that, so uh, if you can, show up for that. Um, we will have our Sunday night services starting back tonight. Uh, we'll all be in here tonight, okay? So uh, children will go to their regular classes, but the rest of us will meet in the sanctuary. Are we all going to meet in the sanctuary prior to? Okay, all right, so we'll kind of do like we used to do, and I'll meet in the sanctuary, and then we'll split up and go to our classes. Glad we got that worked out beforehand, and we knew exactly what we were going to do. Uh, I feel better about it, so hopefully you do too. Hopefully you'll be back here at 5.30 tonight to worship with us. Um, anything else? Anybody, anything else that I'm forgetting? Uh, just be in prayer. You know this Brother Dusty's not here, so I got to do the welcome and the announcements this morning. They are at the marriage conference with a couple more uh, couples from the church. So just remember them as they're coming back to this afternoon. Uh, just pray that God uh, did some work there. And uh, just blessed marriages as uh, as they went to that. Anything else? All right. Who's got our prayer? Brother Gwen?